Good morning, Oasis Church. I come bearing lots of gifts, so I will be handing them out at some point. Good morning. I'm so excited to be here today, and thank you, Pete and the leadership team, for inviting Compassion to come here. And um, your relationship with Compassion is very valuable to us. Um, I'm really honoured, and it's a privilege for me and for my family to serve you today. And I've Normally, my husband will be here, but he's serving at another church this morning. Um, so he was a bit upset that he couldn't be here because we like to we, we do like to travel together and serve God together. But he's been called elsewhere, and his love is with you all. Um, Anika, my, Anika, my daughter, and Gabrielle is here, and my mum, who came down for Gabrielle's birthday for the weekend, is here. So she's in church with us as well. Anyone who comes to visit, they come to church. (laughs) Um, We also have two compassion children, Guy and Farida. We've been sponsoring them for about four years now. Um, So I always say I have four kids. (laughs) I don't want, yeah, four kids, that's enough. Um, I, I absolutely love what compassion stands for. I love compassion. I love the heart of compassion. And it's simply releasing children in Jesus' name. And it's not just releasing children, but it's in Jesus' name. Because without Jesus, we can't do anything. It is by his strength and his power that we live. So that's what compassion is for. And today I'm here to celebrate your church for sponsoring Benji for the past, since 2009. That's amazing. Can I have a picture of Benji? That's Benji. And your church has been sponsoring Benji since 2009. She lives in, I, had, I have to go back. She lives in Haiti, in a town called Cavalier, which is 20 kilometers north of Cave. I had to check the pronunciation to make sure I'm getting it right from my um, Haiti friend. So, um, and where she lives, there are approximately 3,000 people in um, her town. She is based at the Compassion Project named Cavalier Child Child Development Centre and she lives with her family and you have been supporting her for many, many years. Your monthly contribution is enabling her to go to school and not just any, any school. She's having good education. She's also having nutritious meals and also she gets to hear the word of God. She gets a Bible And she gets to learn who Jesus is. She gets to learn who her father is, her heavenly father. And that is amazing. Her her family also benefit from her being part of Compassion Project. They get supported with workshop, which enables them to also learn how to care for Benji, but also care for the, the community and the family. So you're not just supporting one child. You're supporting a community through this child. You're making a big difference. And with one child's life changed, a whole community is changing, a whole family is changing, and a whole nation is also changing. So I'm here to really say thank you for all that you've been doing. Rachel sent me some amazing pictures that... um, I'm getting dry mouth. Um, Sorry, I forgot my water. Rachel sent some amazing pictures of Benji, and um, I took the liberty of actually sharing that with you because they, this shows 
your relationship with Benji. It shows what you've been doing with Benji. And throughout the years, you've been contributing additional gifts to Benji, and that has enabled her to actually buy three goats. Thank you. She's been able to buy three goats and a cow. To us, it may not mean much, but to someone who lives in Haiti, that is an asset. That is very valuable. So as a church, you are empowering Benji and her family to actually live a life that is honouring God. So thank you. That's the cow. (laughs) And it's a beautiful cow. That's Benji and her family. And where they live, people normally have trades on the market and will earn approximately about £22 a month. So your contribution to Benji, your sponsorship to Benji, your relationship with Benji is empowering her, is empowering her family, is empowering her community, and is also empowering that country. So thank you so, thank you so very much. I brought a gift for you to say thank you for partnering with Compassion and for your support and your relationship with Benji all these years. And just appreciate you as a church and all that you've been doing. The letters that you, you write to Benji is so valuable. The children who live in the projects rely on those letters. They look forward to it like it's Christmas. They have days where the letters will arrive and everyone will literally run up to find out if they've received letters. So all the letters that you've been writing brings hope. They, they keep them, they read them, and the things that you share with them about yourself, about your church, about your family, it brings hope. It brings light into the darkness. And it really reveals the love of God to them, that they get to discover who they are in God. So thank you so much. And this is for your church to keep. This is my best picture. One picture tells a thousand words. That is a picture of love, joy, relationship. And you are wishing Benji a happy birthday. Imagine the joy and the, the excitement she would, have, she would have experienced when that, letter, that picture came through. That is amazing. Are you spotting yourself in there? <laughs> that is so amazing. And you just know that you're making an incredible difference in this child's life, not just in her life, but in her family, in her community. So thank you so much. And I'm going to... That you can have that if you, it's yours. These are pictures that belong to you. Um, Say, so thank you so much. And with our compassion, our compassion children, Anika and Gabrielle would write to them. So we don't take, as parents, we don't take the ownership of doing the writing. The children can get involved. They can send cards and different things, let them know what they're doing. You can ask her questions. 
You can ask her questions, any questions you like, and they will be able to ask you questions as well. Sometimes they would also quote Bible scriptures because they learn the Bible. They learn the scriptures. They meditate on the scriptures. So the hope that you are bringing to Benji is amazing. So thank you from all, all from Compassion. I'm saying thank you for all your support and love that you're showing to Benji. I'm going to share a bit of... Um, actually, can I just clap? Because I think it's worth a clap. It is worth a clap. This is not about me. It's about you. It's about what God is using you to do. So do own it, do accept it, and do celebrate it. Because we do, we celebrate it all the time. So do celebrate it with your, ch- with your children and you, with, uh, with your families. Do celebrate what God is using you to do. Because the more we celebrate God, his name is lifted high. And we get to rejoice in that. Compassion is, it has come a long ways. It's a ministry that is at the heart of God. Very, very at the center of what God's heart is. And it started with one man. His name is Everett Swanson. Back in 1952, he was posted in South Korea. To minister to the U.S. troops. One morning as he was taking a walk, he went down the road and he actually noticed some people throwing rubbish onto a truck. He was a bit puzzled and initially he saw them kicking the rubbish bags before they threw them onto the truck. And as he walked closer, he paused and actually noticed that the thing, there were some things sticking out the bags and the men would kick the bags before they threw them on. Initially, he suspected that maybe there were rats or rodents or anything that may jump out. But as he drew closer, he actually noticed that there were little hands and little feet sticking out of the bags. And these men were actually kicking the bags to check if the children were still alive. And these were street children who had been left onto the side of the road. And they wanted to make sure that None were moving or anything like that before they threw them onto the truck. He was completely, completely surprised. He was moved. He was beside himself. He was based down there to minister to the troops of the American, um, American Air Force. However, he found himself faced with this Injustice, and that's what it is. He went back to the US, and when he went, he could not rest. He started raising funds. To, he wanted to do something. And he fasted and he prayed. He sought God's face to find out what it is that God wants him to do. Because sometimes we come across things where we think someone else can deal with that. But he couldn't let it rest because he was the person who has been faced and confronted with that injustice. 
he said that after a while, after he's fasted and prayed, he felt God lead him to a scripture that is found in Luke chapter 10. And you'll probably all be aware of it. And it's in Luke chapter 10, verse 27 to 35. This is a story that has been told in Sunday schools. It has been told from generation to generation. But in that scripture, God spoke to him. Jesus was confronted by this law expert. And he asked him, teacher, what must I do to inherit life, eternal life? And Jesus asked him, what is written in the law? The expert replied, love your neighbor. No, pardon me. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus then said to the expert in law, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. Now when I was reading it, I actually paused and I thought, that should have been the end of that conversation with Jesus and that expert. But he continued to ask Jesus, so who is my neighbor? Rather than Jesus giving him a direct answer, Jesus told him this parable of a man who was walking down from Jerusalem to Jericho. As he was walking, he got attacked by robbers. And this man got beaten. He got hurt so badly. And he was left on the side of, on the, side of the road, half dead. As he, as he was laying there, a Levite came. And he was walking on that road. He saw that man. He looked and he walked by. A priest also came walking on that same road. He saw the man injured, half dead, but he carried on walking. The road to Jericho, when I was doing my research, it said that that was a road that was really, really known to be dangerous. And it was known that robbers will attack. People can get killed on that road. So potentially the priest and the Levite were walking past this man because they didn't want to be attacked. That's one reason. But also, I read that in those times, they had a purity law, which meant that they couldn't touch anything that was dead. So by their own law, they would pass by this man. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I come across people who are in need, my heart is confronted. And even on Friday as I was traveling, I saw a man on the underground. I saw him, not just with my eyes, but with my heart. And I felt drawn to him. I felt drawn to go to him. But I had a train to catch. And I didn't want to miss my connection. And my heart was torn. And I didn't stop. I carried on going. And I had to ask God to forgive me. And I prayed for the man. Sometimes we do get confronted. And depending on where we're going, we may not stop. But Jesus said that on that same road, 
a Samaritan came walking. He came across the man and he took pity on him. He stopped. He cleaned his wound. He took care of him. He bandaged his wounds. And he actually put him on his own donkey and took him to an innkeeper. He asked the innkeeper to look after him until he returns and paid him two denarii. And in those days, that's about two, two days worth of wages. And he told the innkeeper that when he comes back, if there's anything else that he needs to pay, he's willing to do that. So Jesus then turned to the law, the, the expert in law, and asked him, which one of these, neighbor, which one of these three was a neighbor to the, to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? And he replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him to go and do likewise. For a moment, I just want to sort of think who our neighbors would be. For a long time, I thought it was just the person who lives next to me, to my left or to my right. But as I've, as I've grown, my relationship, my relationship in God, he's revealed to me that our neighbor is the person we sit next to on the bus. It's the person we walk down and pass by on the street. It's our colleagues who we work with. It's our families. It's anyone who God has created. So I'm going to pause there whilst um, we ponder on that. And just think about the people that you love and the people that God loves. And I am going to ask the children a question. Do mind me if I'm facing this way because the majority of the kids are here. Now, children, if you knew somebody that you really loved and cared for, or even you didn't, you didn't know them, and they needed help, they were desperate, and you were, you were the person that could help. Actually, we should have handed this out when, we came, when I came in, but I forgot. So pardon me. Would you like to come and take a chocolate? Take one and pass it around. Thank you. And honestly, all the kids, you're more than welcome to come and have one. But do not eat it. That's the only rule. Yes. You can take it, but you're not allowed to eat it. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Any more? Go for it. Big children are allowed. Remember, do not eat it. No eating. <laughs> this is always fun. It's okay. It's fine. Is everyone allowed? Right. Has everyone got a sweet or chocolate coin? So, if you knew somebody who was in need and needed your help, how many of you would actually help them 
Um, this is just for the children. How many of you would help them? Yeah? And if that meant to help them, you'll need to bring back your chocolate coin. May I have your coin back, please? <laughs> That's okay. You can say no, it's fine. I know this looks really mean, but could you, could you please applaud, applaud the kids? Because for them to say, yes, I'm going to help, for them to say, yes, you can have my sweet, that is a heart of generosity. That's a heart of love. Oh, gorgeous. Oh, Excellent. That is a heart of love. That is a heart of generosity. And children, you will have this back, I promise. There, is pl- there, are, there are plenty for everyone, so you can have them back, and you can eat them this time. And, yeah. But, so thank you so much. But that's a heart of generosity. That's the heart of God. Like, Jesus moves our heart before he asks us to stretch our hands to our neighbors. And it all starts with that. So the fact that the children can do that, that is a testament to his love in them. So I'm applauding you. I'm really excited for the kids. If I go back to the parable, in verse 33 of um, Luke 10, Jesus said that the Samaritan, when he got to the man, he, he looked at him and he took pity. And he took pity on the man. And I had to look up. The word pity is another word for compassion. Compassion is something that is aligned with God's heart. Compassion is being in fellowship with Christ in those who are suffering. And the Greek word for compassion, this is a test, is splagnizomai. Can you say it? <laughs> Have a go. Splagnizomai. Splagnizomai. I've had many practice. Splagnizomai. And that's the Greek word for compassion. That's the heart of God. The heart of God is deeply centered in compassion. And it's when we actually share in Christ's suffering. We know what God did, Jesus did for us. The Father allowed his son to die on the cross for us. I don't know about you. As a parent, if I had, to, I had to give up my child to go on the cross. I don't know if I could do that. But that's the heart of God. And when we connect our heart to him, he gives us his heart. He connects his heart to our hearts. We feel what he feels. We see what he sees. We understand 
his mind. We understand his heart. So don't let the Greek word tongue twist him. Now, on the, on the road to Jericho, was the Samaritan the first person who came across, who came across the, road, the, the man on the road? And also, back in 1952, I wondered whether Everett Swanson was the only person who saw those children being thrown onto that rubbish tip. I don't think so. Many people would have seen it. The priest and the Levite walked past that man, but the Samaritan stopped. Our heart is open when we see God and we're able to see what he sees. When um, Anika was born, our first daughter, it was a bit complicated, very, very complicated. So um, I had to spend a lot of time in hospital and it was a very worrying time for my husband, for my family, for my mum who was there. And um, I personally don't actually remember two days of those time. But in my most vulnerable state, my husband was there. He took care of me. He cared for me. And I remember one day where my heart was opened. In my most vulnerable state, I couldn't do anything for myself. But he was with me. And I saw the love of God through him. And that was the first time that my heart was open to what true love actually feels like. Love is tangible. Love is real. And I saw the love of Christ through him. And that literally opened my heart to the gateway of the Father's heart. God's love is available to everyone. His love is for everyone. He has a heart, especially for those in need especially for the vulnerable, especially for children, especially for people who can't speak up, especially for those who find themselves in injustice. He has a special place in his heart for him. And he wants our heart to be connected to his heart. Compassion works with churches in 26 countries. And these are 26 of the poorest countries. The Child Sponsorship Program is to free children from poverty in Jesus' name. Compassion is Christ-centered. It's child-focused and church-based. Compassion works with the church because the church is the hope of the world. The church is the heart of God. The church is the hands and feet of God. Compassion works with 
7,000 indigenous churches all across the nations. And as well as we, your church, my church, is partnering with Compassion. There are churches in those countries that are working together. And the common denominator is Christ himself. For millions of children, the unchanging and ruthless story of poverty they face every day. Poverty is lack of hope. It's a lack of choice. Sometimes people will think, well, they brought it on themselves. Well, if they've done this better. Sometimes they just don't have the choice. They don't have a way out. But through the child sponsorship program, a child's heart is open and hope comes in. The light of God comes in. And they can begin to dream, they can begin to see, they can begin to hope and actually see a brighter future. Imagine every time that you and I take a breath A child under the age of five dies across the world. And also imagine the eternal hope that is forged when a child finds out that they have been sponsored, that they are cared about, that they are known, that they are cared about, that they are loved. And... Some people will say, well, how do, why does child sponsorship work? It's a valid question. It does work. But don't take my word for it. Many, many years ago, a professor, doctor, doctor, sorry. Many years ago, A professor of economics and international studies asked all the charities if he could actually conduct a study of whether this actually works. Compassion was the only ministry that opened its doors for him to come in, scrutinize everything, and produce a report. When he did his report, he could not believe what he was seeing. So he asked if he could do it again. And they said yes, and he did. He found that out of all those who go through the Compassion Project, compared to their siblings or children who don't have the opportunity to go through the Compassion Project, 82.6% are more likely to finish university. 33.9% of them are more likely to have a privileged lifestyle. Not just for themselves, for their family, for the community and the nation. And the staggering 75% are more likely to become community leaders. I actually met one of the graduates yesterday. Her name is Liz. And she was in a compassion project in um, no, Uganda. 
her story is a tough story. Her father died, her mother died, and she became an orphan. She got sponsorship into the, into the Compassion Project. She worked hard. She studied. Not only was she re- um, receiving support from the Compassion team, the church became her family. And when she told the story of, of how the church was making an impact to, to her life, you should see the, 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 the smile on her face. She was beaming. She was absolutely beaming because this is someone who had nothing and now she has everything. And it's not about the material things. Some of us may think it's about the material thing. It's not. For some people, poverty is when they don't have family. She cherished having that church family through the Compassion Project more than anything. And that is a testament to what God is doing. As you can see, the results of Dr. Wydick's research, it shows that compassion works. I'm going to play a video of Richmond. He's another graduate who has gone through the Compassion Project. Every time I hear his story, it makes me smile because he's now a leader, training up other leaders in the community, going out and training other people and bringing other, other children out of poverty. Thank you. Richmond is one of... Um, he's amazing. Right now, he travels. He teaches the word of God. He develops other leaders. And these graduates go back into the community. And this is um, what the research found. People who go through the Compassion Project... Some finish university, they become leaders. They go back into their own community to help other children out of poverty. Some may not academically not be able to reach university, but they come out of the project with vocational skills that they also can actually do something that they can be proud of, that will give them dignity. I have um, this... Amazing, gorgeous um, little girl with me. Now, I didn't see her name. I saw her beautiful red dress, her beautiful socks and matching hair and everything. And I looked at her name and it's love. I just thought, okay, Lord. But these are real children. And today I have 12 children with me. As I was was speaking to Pete in a week, and as I was preparing, um, normally I would pray about it and wait if I felt that the Lord is really leading me to it, and I will. I would share what what was in my heart. But my conversation with Pete was so open that his questions led to what God had laid on my heart to say. And... The word come to me in Matthew eleven twenty eight kept coming into my heart for your church. I don't know your journey. I have not been part of that journey. Every single person has a journey. But God wants us to rest in him. 
He wants our heart posture to always be surrendered. He wants your heart posture to always be surrendered. That in him, all things are possible. In him, and it's done out of a place of rest. Not out of a place of begrudging or um, struggling or tiredness. But in him, from a place of rest, outflows abundance. Because it's coming through his heart. You are amazing. That was just a, I needed to let you know that because it's an assignment. I can't take that for myself. But that's a, that's a word for your church. Because you're an amazing church. And you're seeking God's heart. And he's seeking your heart too. And he's just there. Come to me is not a question. He's just saying, I'm here. Just keep coming, and keep coming, and keep coming. Every child that's sponsored through the Compassion Project, they get to hear the good news of Jesus. They have their own Bible, and that's a must, by the way. It's not a choice. But then they get to learn about God, they get to hear about the good news, but they still get to make the decision at the end of the day. They receive the help through the local church and the local church work in partnership with Compassion. Like I said, when I met Liz yesterday, she was completely <coughs> amazed as to the love that she received from the church. They also have access to health services, education, counseling, and Nutritious meal. We get to eat three meals a day. Some children don't. Some children don't have clean water. But through the Compassion Project, their basic needs are met so that they can be free to dream, to aspire, to see that light. Compassion is committed to working and partner with local churches. And that is to confront poverty. But in Jesus' name, is to confront poverty through the love of God and through the truth of God. For every child that is sponsored, they receive all that a child needs. Importantly, they receive love. Without love, no one can flourish. You can give a child all the material things that they want, but without that love that heart will still be crying out to the Father. And there are many vulnerable children who are crying out in their hearts. There are many mothers and fathers who are crying out in their hearts for their own children. And the Father hears those hearts. And he's called us to be his hands and feet. That through us, through you, he can work his miracles in those lives. That all the people around the world will get to know who Jesus is, who will get to know the love of God. When you sponsor a child, you make a huge difference. Through the letter writing, you sharing with them, asking them questions. Through your prayers, they get to feel valued. They get to 
know that they are known and cared for. And it all begins with you. I'd like you to just take a moment and just ask God in your heart if he's leading you to sponsor a child today please do raise your hand or come and see me at the end for £25 a month their basic needs are met they get to go to school they get to help um, the Compassion Project team working with them they get to go to church they get to have family within the church and also they become leaders who can influence their community and their nation the good Samaritan didn't know the gravity of what he did that road to Jericho and Everett Swanson did not know that through him millions of children will come to be freed from poverty. And up to date, about 2 million children have been freed from poverty. What story would you like to be written about you? If today you feel that God is leading you to sponsor a child, please listen and open your heart. Do you mind if I pray for you? Father God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for today that you have made. I thank you for the Oasis Church. I thank you for the leadership, for the children, for the men and women in this place. I thank you, Lord Father God, for your love for this church. And Father God, we just thank you, Lord, that you are our Heavenly Father. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you open our eyes to see what you see. I pray, Lord Father God, that you open our ears to hear you. And I pray, Lord Father God, that you open our heart to receive you. And as we receive you, Lord Father God, that we will pour out. I pray, Lord Father God, that you'll fill this place with your presence. That you'll fill everyone here, Lord Father God, afresh. From the crown of the heads to the soles of the feet. Lord, you know each and every individual here today. That you will speak to them. You will meet them at the point of their need. And Lord Father God, I pray your blessing upon this house. I pray your blessing upon the leadership. I pray your blessing upon the children, and I pray your blessing upon every single man and woman. Lord, in your name, amen.